0: This is your Olympic hero and former WWE champion, Kurt Angle. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my guys, Clint and Noah. When it comes to covering sports, there is no one better. And believe me, that's true. It's
1: damn true.
0: Gentlemen, you
1: are the top 1%. The Elite. Best of the best.
0: You are now listening to the Elite Sports Podcast. Brought to you by Vermeer Wines and powered by GASN Sports. The pinnacle of hard-hitting sports talk. Featuring weekly expert analysis and top-notch interviews. And now, please welcome your hosts, Noah Groniger
1: and Clint Schweitzer.
2: And welcome to the relaunch of the Elite Sports Podcast. Clint Schweitzer and Noah Groniger. we are still licking our wounds from Super Bowl 55 as we were on hand to watch uh, one of the most uninspiring performances in recent Super Bowl memory for our Kansas City Chiefs. But Noah, we're back up off the ground. We're licking our wounds, and we are back giving you what you want here on The Elite because not a moment too soon, the Huntington Beach bad boy, Tito Ortiz, is here to save us and resurrect our freedoms here on the podcast. We're going to be talking to him coming up, one of the true first megastars in UFC history we're going to talk to him about being the mayor pro tim of Huntington Beach, California. He's an avid Trump supporter so this ought to be interesting. I love Tito. He's one of my, my favorite UFC fighters of all time. We're going to get into the uh tri- the trilogy of fights with Chuck Liddell. Uh he you know fought had just wars against guys like Uh, Ryan Bader, Ken Shamrock, I mean, Randy Couture back in the day. These guys were just uh, so influential and got the sport off the ground to see where it is today. We're going to talk to him about all this and much more. Noah, it's been a while. We're back up off of our feet. Thanks to, you know, just through the power of unabashed, you know, charisma, sticking to your guns. We're back here and the elite's back and I'm grateful to be here, man. What's up?
1: I am absolutely grateful. Like you said, we're licking our wounds. I'll probably be doing it for the rest of my life. Knowing the opportunity that lay ahead of the Chiefs in Super Bowl 55, it did not go our way any shape or form. 31 to 9, uh, we were there. It was devastating. I can't really talk about it. I don't know why I'm wearing this right now. This uh, Chiefs windbreaker pullover uh, should not be wearing it. It's still too soon. I thought maybe I had come through to the other side and I was able to wear chief's gear again, but wearing it all day, I've, I've just felt it weighing on on my shoulders. It's just too soon. But like you said, Tito Ortiz on this very show, on this very podcast today, I'm excited to have him. That's how really MMA and UFC got introduced to me is watching Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock. You mentioned it right there. Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell. I mean, these guys, Tito Ortiz went to the UFC hall of fame back in 2012 just a giant among giants in the sport. And he's going to be on this very program. I can't wait to have him on.
2: Yeah, the Huntington Beach bad boy, he had this reputation and I remember kind of hearing about him uh, in the infancy of the UFC because I watched from way back with like Shamrock and Hoyce Gracie and Dan Severn and those guys in the early days. And then you had that next wave, which was like the Chuck Liddell's and Tank Abbott's. And uh, certainly Tito Ortiz comes in. And I remember he had this feud with Ken Shamrock where he winds up beating Ken Shamrock, but like their two camps were feuding. And it was just, I, uh, it was, it was just like this kind of almost WWE like over the top. And I was hooked. I loved it. And since then just reading about Tito and he's had ups and downs, he has the true definition of the American dream. And I want to say, That Tito is very outspoken about things like COVID and about things, you know, like, you know, politics the way they are now. And we're going to get into a little of it because he is a city councilman for the city of Huntington Beach, California. And, you know, I I think that that says a lot because a lot of people, Noah, they want to sit behind their keyboards. They want to sit on Twitter and pass judgment and and come up with all these things. They want to cancel Pepe Le Pew and they want to get rid of Dumbo and they want to do all these things. But they don't want to actually get in the front lines and do anything about it and Tito is doing just that. Now, granted, he's not someone that's out there trying to cancel anyone. He believes in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness just like I do. Now, Tito, he, he you know, he's pretty far, man. He goes out there and he is he is outspoken. Go follow him on Twitter, go check out what he has to say. A lot of the things I find myself agreeing with because I do feel like a lot of our freedoms have gone the, the, by the wayside in the last year. Hopefully though, things are, you know, going to be, you know, looking better here on the horizon. We got March Madness coming up. Missouri and Gonzaga are going to be a part of the field. We're going to see how things shape up. The weather's great. I just see a light at the end of the tunnel, Noah, and this podcast, we wanted to relaunch it the right way because we have some huge, massive guests coming up and we have a lot of content turnover, a lot of different things we're going to be introducing, so we wanted to kind of reset with this podcast here in 2021, and we're starting it right here with the Huntington Beach bad boy himself. In fact, he's coming right up here on the Elite Sports Podcast. Guys, we have so much still to come here on the Elite Sports Podcast, but we want to take this time to tell you about our new sponsor, 500 Level. 500 Level is the ultimate sports apparel and fan gear store, and they feature ultra-comfortable custom t-shirts for NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and even WWE. I just got a Macho Man Randy Savage shirt from 500 Level that has been a conversation starter everywhere I go. 500Level was created because they decided it was time to create an apparel company that put the fans right in the mix instead of having to outfit themselves with the same old gear from major corporations. 500Level.com works with exceptionally talented artists, designers, and die-hard sports fans to create unique t-shirt designs for fans to wear with pride. I mean here in Kansas City, it's time to defend that Lombardi Trophy. So stock up in 500Level's unbelievable inventory of never-before-seen designs for players like Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, or even rookie Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You literally can't find that anywhere else. Use promo code Kansas City20 today for 20% off your order at 500level.com. That's promo code Kansas City20 for 20% off only at 500level.com. Tito, you what's up, man?
0: Good, man. How are you?
2: Yes, sir. Hey, thanks so much for hopping on with us today, man. How the hell are you?
0: Doing good. Doing really good.
2: Well, Tito, it's been a crazy year, my man, Uh, for all of us. But for you, maybe even crazier as you take over as uh, Mayor Pro Tim back in December of 2020. What's this last year been like for you as you've kind of made this transition, man? Have you been surviving okay? Everything going good?
0: It's like a nightmare. Can we please wake up from this nightmare right now? And it just seems like <laughs> really? it gets worse and worse and worse every single day. I don't know. Um, it's just really hard because... To kind of hold my tongue and to kind of not speak up and speak out and sit, just have my feelings of what's going on in this country right now is just crazy. Because, you know, growing up as a kid, you always just uh, want to love your country, love the flag, respect our freedom, respect the troops that sacrificed their lives um, away from their family and their lives in general. And, you know, just appreciate America. Now it just seems like people don't really care anymore because all these people never even visit other countries to see how other countries really have it. But at the end of the day, um, I got to teach my children how to love this country and I'm going to continue to do so. But, I, you know, I know there's over 75 million uh, people who have the same feelings that I do, that they just want to wake up with this bad nightmare.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Tito, just talking a little bit about that. I mean, you've been very vocal about being an unabashed Trump supporter and conservative. At what point in your career did you really realize that you had these political aspirations?
0: Um, I don't think it was really aspirations. I just, once again, just uh, being a patriot to this country, being a patriot to my city um, and being a great father to my children. I, I really just, it came down to my children of uh, the future of what they're going to be, um, what they're going to have, you know, um, what they're going to really hold to their hearts. And, you know, I think over the last seven years, it really got me start thinking about what's going to happen in the future for my children. Um, the last four years, or five years now, uh, when Trump first ran. I, I know Trump personally. Um, I know his kids, uh, Donald and uh, Eric and you know, um, Ivanka. I would do other celebrity apprentice. You know, they came to my fights a couple of times. So I got to see what type of man he was. I got to see what type of patriot he was. I got to see what type of father he was, what type of businessman he was. and. He just was a great man. And they say, you know, a mirror of yourself is through your children. Look at uh, his children and how great of uh, people they are, what great parents they are. And once again, I just uh, had to go all in. And once again, going all in, I'm going all in, not just for Donald Trump, we're going all in for our country because this is the last of uh, the great dying breed, man. And we're dying quicker and quicker every single day. I just turn on the news and I can't even watch the news anymore. I mean, social media is what kind of keep me Um, informed a lot of stuff because of uh, we're being quieted by um, big tech and it's scary because a lot of our freedoms are being uh, revoked and I just kind of shake my head in shame and I never thought we'd be to this point but back in uh, 1984 when Ronald Reagan says they're at the front doors knocking and they'll be in soon and well the people who voted for uh, Biden you got what you voted for and It's just, it's a shame, man. It's just hard for me because I've worked so hard to get this American dream alive for my family, and I've been able to do it. And, you know, I I never came for money. I came from the streets. I I came from nothing. My father was never there for me, but I've worked hard and be a true American, a true patriot to this country. And I traveled around the world. I visit everywhere around the world besides, gosh, Russia. I think it's the only place I've never been to but I see how bad other countries are. And I've never wanted that to happen to this country. Well, it's a slap in the face every morning I wake up because it's happening now. And I just, with open borders and things that are happening, the laws that are passing, you know, uh, 1.7, excuse me, $1.9 trillion going out and only 700 billion of that money is actually, not even 700 billion is going to the United States. And now we're taking taking care of other countries. And I just sit back and I just shake my head and it's like, what other countries ever gave money to the United States? And yeah, I'll hold my yeah. breath and I'll probably hold my breath. But it's just <laughs> embarrassing, man. I We should take care of ours. You know, as a kid growing up, I remember watching, uh, was it kids in Ethiopia not be able to eat? And, yeah. you know, you should donate your money. You should donate to this. You should donate to that. Well, there's that same situation happening here in America. And we should take care of our people first. And, you know, and people say, oh, that's xenophobic or racism. No, it's about taking care of your country taking care of the inner infrastructure in the beginning, and then we can help other people. Let's worry about us first. You know, homeless is, is is a huge crisis here in the United States. And now all of a sudden, open borders, that's another crisis happening on the border. And I have a lot of Border Patrol friends who are sitting there like, Tito, man, we're having a hard time because mm. it's a bunch of children that are coming over. Parents are just pushing their kids across the border and and we're taking care of them, you know? And it's a lot of media doesn't want to cover it, but at the same time, I, I just... Shame on them. Shame on shame on all those people that don't, that don't cover it. Shame on all those people to let this happen. Um, a, a, a lot of lives are going to be lost. Um, not only lives, businesses are being lost because of this COVID-19. Yeah, not one time in my life, the government ever told me how to eat healthy. Not one time in my life, the government ever told me to take care of my body and how to do it right. I had to learn it myself. Now, all of a sudden, they're telling us how to live, of wearing a mask and you know, people want to wear a mask. That's your choice. That's the choice that we has have, have as Americans, but at the end of the day, I, I really think uh, a lot of people need to wake up. If they haven't woke up yet, they'll never wake up. And I just, uh, I just once again, I it's hard to live every single. Not I'm going to say hard to live. It's 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 hard to accept what's happening right now because I have learned to love this country so much, and I feel bad for a lot of my friends who are special force guys and who are troops who who um, sacrificed their lives and they did it for the freedoms of America and uh now it's it's almost gone and i just i'm hoping that i just wake up this night this nightmare um i don't know I, i'm just gonna continue to work hard and just, just do the right thing i just like i say i gotta kind of throw my hands up in the air i'm just gonna start here at the city level and see where it goes from there um or even if it goes further from there i just uh once again i, I on city council of huntington beach and say it's nonpartisan and uh, it's far from that. You can, you can know who the Democrats are, you know, who the uh, Republican or rhinos are. And, um, I just, uh, I don't know. I I'm learning as I go, you know, I, I'm just a, a patriot who's just uh, trying to help my city and hopefully wake up a lot of people in this country to know what we're really going to lose. Cause we're going to lose a lot really, really quick. I mean, it's only been what two months, two and a half months yeah. that uh, Biden's been in office and some of the things he's done. I just, uh, shake my head in shame. Because once again, it's not about Donald Trump. It's not about the orange man or, you know, the racist, the xenophobic. It's, it's, he's not that. He's n- neither of those things. The Democrats have really uh, pushed the envelope a little too hard. And we're trying to, or we're seeing what the true colors truly are now. And I know a lot of people who voted for Biden were saying, man, I think we messed up. <laughs>
2: yeah. And we're, and we're sitting here in sports, Tito, and we're covering sports and we've been told, and the same thing that, Hey, you're, you're, you got, you got to do this. You know, you got to get in, you got to be woke. You got to get in there and, and, and be in that it's like man, we're, we're here to cover sports. We're, we're here, you know, we're the great American sports network, man. We're, we're founded on this, the, the same things that, that you are, man. And maybe because of people like you, even in California, maybe uh, a different start to be made, but how what's it like? being in the middle of you know what we're we're in the midwest man so we don't see it like you do but you're out there and you're kind of on the front lines amongst the hollywood elite how how hard is that for you to deal with well you know what it makes it easy for me as i stay home
0: i live in huntington beach it's a very conservative city uh and when i do go out and about a lot of uh, the constituents are here in huntington beach or like tito thank you for being a voice keep speaking and I'm telling you, I get at least 20 a day if I when I do go out. But I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a homebody. I like to be home. I mean, I've been competing for over uh, 23 years, and when I go out, I got to be Tito Ortiz, the fighter. And <laughs> it, it's it's I'm not going to say it's it's easy. I mean, it's difficult sometimes because I like to have my peace. But I mean, I I've lived this more than half of my life. Of this is what I accept. This is what I got myself into. And you know, doing autographs and taking pictures, answering questions. Um, I've always been there for the fans since day one. And all the fans who are friends of mine, they know who the true Tito Ortiz is. They, they know what I do what type of man I am. You know, I'm an Aquarius to a T. Um, I give back. I, I always put my put myself second, put everybody else first. And that's always been a downfall for me, or it's a, a positive downfall. But, uh, you know, I'm just a people person, but I like to have my my lonesomeness when I'm, I'm home with my kids and, you know, my girl. And um, it's important to have the um, home you know, nuclear family where, uh, I have here at my home, you know, but when I'm out and about, I I really don't leave Huntington. You know, I stay here in Huntington. I, yeah. if I go up to LA, it's, uh, for (laughs) trying to do a part for a movie or something, but nowadays everything's on zoom. So it's just, uh, I don't know, man. I, I I hope we get out of this. We need to get out of this soon. Something needs to happen. I don't know. It's, It's just, I think it's a lot bigger than what people think it is. Um, you know, and I know we're, you guys are a sports channel. So, you know, talking about fighting everything or uh, mixed martial arts in general would be something we talk about. But, of course, everybody wants to talk about politics right now because I, I thought after the uh, the election that this would all be over. But after they stole the election, um, it's not going to be over. And I just I hope this country doesn't go down in burning flames. I hope the military steps up and does something right. I just uh, and that's just from the bottom of my heart. And that's what I feel. And that's how I feel. And that's my right to say something before it's all taken away.
1: Mm. no absolutely you said it well and we're right there with you hoping something changes before it's too late because we're kind of heading down that path like you mentioned and man we do not want to see that uh, come to what this great country america is but tito you talked a little bit about your career there can you take us back to 1997 it's ufc 13 you really didn't have much experience in the octagon yet you find yourself on that uh, card, I mean, talk about kind of the emotions that you had and you felt, and the experience that you gained from that event. Wow, Um,
0: I'm not gonna say that was a long. I mean, I'm not gonna say it felt like a long time ago, but it was a long time ago, and it really doesn't feel like a long time ago. Uh, I was a freshman in college and a junior college wrestling. I was a state champion. Um, and I was very dominant in wrestling. I didn't know how to punch. I didn't know jiu-jitsu. Uh, I, I went to Clever Luciano's jiu-jitsu place here in Huntington Beach to go test myself to kind of see if I knew jiu-jitsu or how I could handle myself from not getting submitted or anything. And I went in there and he says, oh, Chito, here, put this guitar on, I go, all right? Mm-hmm. So I rolled with them and he caught me in an arm lock in like 10 seconds, caught me in another arm lock in like 30 seconds, got me in like 40 seconds, got me in like a minute, got me like two minutes and three minutes, then five minutes, then 10 minutes. He's like, you're learning really, really quick. I'm like, can I come back tomorrow? He's like, oh, yeah. Well, later on, I kind realized. He's like, man, you were so damn strong. You never got tired. He goes, this kid's gonna be really, really good. Um, so that was the beginning of my jujitsu part that I was able to put in. The striking, I knew a little bit just because of street fighting. I knew a little bit, but not at the tech- technical point of mm-hmm. boxing. I learned that later on in my career. But I think the emotions I had was just fear. I had fear. And, mm-hmm. um, I fought in the UFC 13, May 30th, 1997 for free because I didn't want to lose oh. my scholarship for wrestling. And uh, I just, I thought in my mind is just don't stop moving. You won't be, you won't die. And it was kind of the mentality of a great white shark. You know, if they don't stop moving. They don't die. They always got to move. They always got to move. And I remember being in the cage and looking back and forth and it was uh, Wes Albritton and just thinking of my, my brain is just, Man, Tito, don't stop moving and just attack, 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 attack. And don't give me any offense. And that's what happened. And 20 seconds later, uh, the match was over. You know, referee pulled me off. And talk about a, a endorphin kick like never I've never felt before. You know, I had 10,000 people screaming, Tito, Tito. And I, I was a kid that was an amateur and never fought before. And talk about that euphoria of, of being a champion mentality. That's what I felt on that one fight. And, uh, I remember walking back in the dressing room or walking to the dressing room and people were asking for my autograph and everything. I was like, autograph, what the hell what do you mean autograph? But, you know, I signed a couple of, as I thought I would sign. And, uh, I got myself, uh, in the finals against guy Metzger because, uh, it was an incident in away. I got injured uh, from his eye. That's right. And, uh, it was just one of those things that I, I felt like I was going to win. I, was dominating i was kneeling in the back of the head or on the side of the head and they stopped it for bleeding which at that time was the first time they ever stopped it for bleeding in ufc i mean this is back before most of the rules now that apply yeah. and uh they restored us on our feet instead of uh, putting us in the position i had him in and he punched me and i was gonna take him down And i didn't know his jiu-jitsu that much once again and uh, he caught me in the guillotine and my arm was locked with a choke and i couldn't really get out so i tapped to fight another day and Uh, something was born that day. I think a champion was born that day because it was a mentality in my mind to never get caught in that position again, but to work hard to become a champion. And uh, a year and a half later, I beat Van Silva and became the world champion.
2: Hall of Fame career. You go in the UFC Hall of Fame in 2012, but uh, back in 2019, ESPN released a 30 for 30. Chuck and Tito kind of a defining situation in your career the three fights with Chuck Liddell man how did you for one think that the uh, the documentary turned out because i thought it was fantastic and it really kind of brought me up to speed on that third fight which kind of took place golden boy productions put that on and it was a uh, site outside the ufc so it and it happened just a couple years ago and you got that win and i know that you've gone on record as saying that's one of the most gratifying moments of your career but what what did you think of the documentary and just kind of looking back at that rivalry with chuck man that that victory against him in, in L.A., was that the most kind of vindicated you've ever felt as a fighter?
0: Um, You know, I think uh, being vindicated as a fighter at that point, I really don't think so because, you know, that was the best of me and that wasn't the best of Chuck Liddell. That's um,
1: true.
0: He picked a fight with me. He called me out. He said he was going to kick my ass. He said he was going to uh, use me as a stepping stone to fight Johnny Bones Jones. And I just laughed about it. And I, I remember meeting him prior to the fight, probably about I don't know, four, four months prior to the fight and say, man, you don't want to do this. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to knock you out anyways. You go we to pull out again. I'm, there was so much propaganda that UFC did against me and Chuck that it was just, they put two friends against each other. Mm-hmm. And I just shook my head about it because you know, that 30 for 30, it was uh, probably about 70% true. Um, the rest was a lot of uh, propaganda lies and I just shook my head about it and Good thing they didn't put the one that they were going to put out before that. You know, they are edited a lot of stuff out of it, a lot of stuff out of it. Um, I told them I was going to assume them if they didn't do it, and uh, they did, which I was very thankful of. But at the same time, uh, you know, fighting Chuck, I, I just knew in my mind that I couldn't I couldn't lose to him. I didn't want to get knocked out. I wanted to make sure that uh, I put in the right work, so I put a 20-week camp in for that fight. and. I had no one on my back, you know, no one pushing me around and no one talking smack on me as I did when I was with UFC. I got to have a straight, clear mind. Um, You know, I was, uh, I got away from my ex girlfriend, uh, Jenna Jameson. It was just, uh, my life was in a perfect element to compete at the level I need to compete at no injuries. Everything was great. My mind was right. My body was right. I knew it was my time. And I, I remember, uh, the first punch he threw, and I like slipped one of. Them. I was like, "Wow, that was easy." Poop! I slipped another one. I was like, "Wow, that was easy." I was like, "Slip, pick, pick." I like was picking him off, and I, I knew that uh, he was just a step behind me. And you got to understand, he's only four years older than me, right? But uh, he's not has not really taken his care. Bo- ter- excuse me, hasn't taken care of his body well. Um, but once again, those are the choices that we make as uh, champion fighters. And I've always understood that I have something after fighting, so I got to take care of my body now. And uh, I've done it through the years. But getting my hand raised, being one of my best wins, probably not. Probably, you know, uh, beating Vanderlei Silver for the world title was one of my biggest. Uh, my second biggest, so I had to be uh, beating Ryan Bader when I was an uh, 8-1 underdog. And then, uh, gosh, I guess uh, Chuck Liddell was right there. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be the next one. But once again, I'm I not taking nothing away from Chuck. You know, he came in. He said he put in a great camp. I put in a great camp, and the best man won.
1: Absolutely, and Clint mentioned a little bit there your entrance into the UFC Hall of Fame in 2012. You're truly just one of the sport's first big mega stars, along with Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, Ken Shamrock. How do you feel like the sport stacks up today versus the early days?
0: Um, the early days, the guys are more fighters. The guys really want to get in there and, and, and put on a show. You know, um, not, not only just characters, but Tough fighters that would want to stand in the pocket and punch. And there's a few of those guys now, you know. This is last week. I watched some really good fights. Um, but but I think they really watered down a lot of the fighters just because they want to pay them uh, more money. I mean, this is, once again, my opinion. Uh, but uh, I just, I think back in the day, fighters fought no matter what. I mean, as myself, I had many injuries during my career, and I still fought. There's other fighters that had injuries or sicknesses, and they still fought. They didn't care they wanted to get in there and fight because they were fighting from paycheck to paycheck, Um, as I was, as many other fighters were. But uh, nowadays, it seems the guys are little um, prima donnas, I think. And then, once again, I'm not talking smack on any specific person, but uh, I I just think uh, the toughness is not what it used to be. And I guess you could say the same thing about boxing, the same mentality, but uh, they kind of watered down the fighters so they can't have one superstar. um, Besides guys like Conor McGregor or – Johnny Bones Jones. I mean, Johnny Bones Jones is one of the best light heavyweights in the world. Uh, Conor McGregor is one of the best talkers in the world, former champion, and he's won some great fights. And you can't take nothing away from him because they're both champs. But, uh, you know, guys like I uh, guy, think about it, uh, Triple C, I, I, I dig him because he's cringy. But at the same time, he, he when he comes to fight, he brings the fight and he's a, a former Olympian that. He has that mentality of having a mentality of a, a champion Olympic wrestler and trains that way, presents himself that way and competes that way. And that's, uh, you can't ask for anymore.
2: Man, I know, as with any fighter, you got the up and down relationship with, uh, with Dana White, but... You know, he, he's a guy that spoke at the Republican National Convention. He's a guy that has a lot of great, you know, ideas politically. Do you guys ever kind of kind of link up and, and 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 talk about that stuff? Kind of exist on the same page uh, in that regard. And also, I didn't know if you knew our good friend Glenn Jacobs Kane. He's the mayor of Knox County. Kind of reminds me of you. Kind of got into the got into the politics game. Of course, he wrestled as Kane in WWE. Now he's a, a Republican uh, mayor in Knox County. I didn't know if you ever crossed paths with him.
0: No, I haven't. I've always been a big you, fan of him.
2: You got to <laughs> wow. talk to him, man. He's awesome. Congrats to him. <laughs> That's cool. He's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, as, as far as Dana, um, you know, we were really close, close friends. And then this whole UFC thing began and he went from being my manager to becoming the president of UFC. And we really just butted heads and uh, we had different uh, discrepancies of what our views were, of the future of what we wanted for ourselves. And for him, it was the business of UFC and it paid off, uh, hand over fist man i mean 4.5 billion dollars all that hard work paid off from our blood sweat and tears and i i look at it we got paid for our money our we got paid for our fights and i i'm very appreciative of it and um our political views i think are exactly the same once again is just being proud patriot americans uh, to this country and when you have skin in the game meaning children that's a what people really need to pay attention to is your future of your children. And I think he pays attention to the future of his children. And he's an amazing father, a great father. And uh, I have nothing but respect for him. You know, we had our differences during my fighting uh, fighting time or fighting years in UFC. But, you know, I think it's time to say enough's enough. And I, I think we kind of got up each other's uh, backs. You know, he's, he's left me alone and I left him alone. Besides this weekend, and I, I wasn't attacking him. I was just trying to say thank you for not wearing a mask. Um, It just made me scratch my head that everybody in the UFC uh, Apex Center, they all have to be tested for COVID. But the only people that don't wear a mask are the refs and the fighters and Dana. But everybody else has to wear a mask. But you've already been tested.
2: It's optics. You know that. It's optics, right?
0: Optics, stupidity. And I'm not saying shame on UFC for doing it because they got to do it. They kind of make sure they follow in line to everybody else. But. You've given up your freedoms here, man, and it's just—it drives me nuts. I've haven't worn a mask since this began. I mean, there was a point in March where I wore a mask two or three times. I went to uh, the um, supermarket or I went to this uh, on an airplane. I had to, no choice. But I've never worn a mask. I haven't been sick. I've been around people who have had COVID. I haven't got sick. I, I, I'm not saying it's fake. I'm not saying it's uh, not true. And there's been a lot of, a lot of lost a, lot, a loved one from it. Um, my condolence to you and your family completely. But what happened to the flu? What happened to the um, influenza? It's all of a sudden has been cured by COVID. This is all propaganda, man. It's all propaganda. It's all political. It's, it's just a way to control the American people. Because we have too many, we have uh, too many conservatives in this country that want to speak their voice. And once yeah. again, this is my opinion. I can to continue to say my opinion, or else people say that's what Tito said. And man, people just you gotta stop being so emotional, man. You gotta be stop being so soft and step up and you know I, I fight for your freedoms, fight for your rights before it's all lost and it's gonna be gone. It's gonna be gone before I, you even know it. We people can't say, not let that oh, happen, man. Just, People say, Tito's just a fighter. Why should I listen to him? Why well, should I listen to me? Because I've been through hell and back, not just as a fighter, but as a person, um, as a boyfriend, as a father, as a businessman, as a fighter, and as a person that has worked hard to live this American dream. I don't want to lose this American dream. And like I say, I, I, I have learning um, experiences that I've learned through my life. And I wouldn't be where I am right now in a beautiful home on the water with nice cars, happy kids clothes on their back food in the refrigerator lights on the um gas on when I was a kid growing up I never had any of that stuff at one point there was we didn't have electricity or another point we didn't have gas or another point where I had the same clothes two pairs of pants four shirts for a full year and I grew out of those pants and I turned them into shorts <laughs> I came from nothing and I'm lucky to be who I am because I'm chasing this American dream and it's it, as uh, Obama said, the American dream is no longer alive here. And I call bullshit because I'm proof the American dream is still alive
2: you are the definition of it And I think that the three of us you know Noah and I started this eight years ago we wanted to talk sports we wanted to do this for a living we're not married we don't have kids we just want to be able to live our lives I mean, we set by we set my cardboard cutouts at the Super Bowl just a few weeks ago man so that's kind of the world that we all live in right now and we're just uh, trying to get past it but would you say in your life personally right now that this is the most stable physically and mentally that you've ever been you've got three sons you're you've got this you've been in the same relationship for like seven years man which is awesome you got away you know from jenna jameson who does still hold a special place in my heart what is this the most stable that you think you've been in your life but both mentally and physically you know
0: i think about uh seven years ago to this date these last seven years i've been the most stable i've ever been in my life awesome man and i'm very very thankful for having a woman like uh amber nicole miller in my life she's a wonderful woman um Mother of my children, you know, uh, she dropped everything in Las Vegas. She came out here to live with me, and she took care of me as I got knee surgery, and she took care of helped me take care of my children. And I'm very thankful because we're both on the same page. You know, my kids, they got uh, their goals. They have their chores in their house they have to do. They got to make sure their bed's made every morning. Um, they got to make sure they wash their dishes after they are done eating. They do their own cooking also, but we cook too. But uh, when they get check marks, meaning, like, if they live underwear on the floor, if they don't make their bed, if they don't uh, – <laughs> put away the toothpaste the right way we put marks so if they get marks they got to do dusting they got to clean the windows we give them chores and it's important i think that's how a lot of children need to be uh, brought up you know you can't give them everything and i give them everything when they get straight a's like uh, god it was three three months ago and this uh, zoom class teaching that they're in is very difficult for any child i can only imagine but for my kids it was really hard because they're so used to being hands-on with the teacher but um, they're in gate classes uh, here in Huntington Beach and they were all A students uh, last year and kind of the beginning of this year, all of a sudden they fell off during the Zoom stuff and I, I I kind of put their feet to the fire and I said, you know what, you guys want to be able to play video games, you want to be able to go out and play, you got to get your grades up.
2: Are they And that in lasted probably about a month. Are- Excuse me? Are they going in person? Are they in person at school? Or only, only two days a week. They okay. go two days a week.
0: Yeah. Two days a week on uh, Thursday, Fridays, but uh, Monday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they have class for two hours a day, which is just, they're dumbing down our children. We got to get and it back. Simple.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: All these, all these uh, teachers in the unions, they don't want to go to school because of uh, fear of catching COVID. But uh, it's, I'm not a doctor. So I, 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 I understand that what they're trying to push and I get it. And children ain't going to catch it from any other. Once we again, if this was such a deadly pandemic, I call it a pandemic, um, I would have got sick because during my uh, campaign, I ran for three months. I never wore a mask once. I took four days off in those three months. And I went to almost every house in Huntington beach. I probably visit anywhere from 20 to 25,000 people shaking hands no one ever wore masks during that time and no one got sick at least I didn't get sick Or anybody I knew guys didn't get sick and I I just it's sad right now because my kids are paying for it you know my kids are in gay classes they work so hard to get in gay classes they work so hard to get the point they are in this life and um I I just I want to make sure that their future is as grand as I've made my future. And I'm going to continue to do it, and they need to get back into school. It's important, all kids need to get back into school. Yes, I mean, sir. as w- people need to stop being so uh subdued to be quiet, people need to speak out more, people need to raise their voice and be heard, you know, and not be shamed by others. I mean, that's that's what it is. People are just being shamed, so they don't they're afraid to speak up. And I don't give a shit, I've been shamed my whole career, I, I'm, I'm used to it, it's nothing new to me. And people said, uh Uh, They said that when I got got into politics at Tito, man, they're going to bring some stuff about you that no one ever knew. I go, cool. I've already said it. I've said everything. I've made mistakes. I bumped my toe a bunch of times. I've got up. uh, I've cleaned myself off. And I haven't made a mistake uh, twice. I've only made a mistake once. And once you make a mistake twice, it becomes a decision. But, you know, I made some bad decisions. I made some very bad decisions, but I paid for them. And uh, I never done them again. But once again, it's just uh, one of those things that, I think America needs to step up and fight for what we believe in and what we need for the future of our children, for the future of our freedom, for the future of us as Americans and patriots of this country.
2: Well, we need people like you, man. And while Twitter will allow it, we want everyone to make sure you go follow Tito at Tito Ortiz on Twitter. We'll see how long they they, I've, I've had to follow you like three or four different times because they keep, uh, you know, they keep, they keep uh d- disconnecting us, so to speak.
0: Yeah. I'm sure, that's just Well, an on answer. my Instagram also, they do the same thing too. I mean, right. I put it in Tito Ortiz, 1999. Once again, it's Tito Ortiz, 1999. If you don't put that in, you will not find me. But they just, they just quieted me completely. Just, it, what they do is, 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 I mean, I can't say it's against our rights because, I mean, that's a private company. They can do what they want. Um, But for what they're doing, it shows that you're really speaking the truth when you try to say the truth. They try to hold you back and shadow ban you. And I'm being shadow banned completely. You know, I went from having 352,000 people follow me to down to 343,000 people follow me. And um, this last two weeks, I've actually I think I've been I've been let out of Instagram jail because <laughs> I went from a minus minus 97 percent interaction to a plus 525 uh, percent, um, interactions. So it's crazy that it's just, I've been let out of jail, I think, but they're still trying to, uh, shadow (laughs) ban me and I just keep spreading the truth, man. I just try to be an honest man. Like I said, I gotta look in the mirror at the end of the night and I gotta say if I've done something right and make sure I don't do things wrong because my children are looking up to me and I gotta be a great father because my father's never there for me.
2: Well, thanks for doing it, man. You do it for people like us (sighs) and you do it for all the, the, the real, the Patriots around America. Tito, thanks so much, my friend. Continued success. If you're in that, if you live in Huntington Beach, California, keep voting for people like Tito Ortiz, and we'll get people like G- Gavin Newsom out, off, out of here, man, and we'll keep people like you in there. That sounds like a plan to me, man. So thank you so yes. much. Yes.
0: I mean, it's important. And people, people keep saying, Tito, keeps saying the truth, keep saying being the voice. I don't want to say I'm sick of being the voice, but now as I'm putting to every one of you listeners and you viewers is to you guys, you guys need to be the voice. Everybody needs to be right. You're right. Don't be shut up. Don't let anybody tell you to shut up. Don't tell people to shame you speak up and uh, it's important. And don't feel like you're shamed because you know what? We're fighting for our country. We're fighting for the future of our country. So many military police officers, first responders, the people that are sacrificing their lives to give us a great country, but I fight for them and fight for the future of our children.
2: Thank you so much, man. Continue success. We'll talk again soon. Take her easy, my friend. God awesome, bye, man. I appreciate it. Now, I should be fighting by, uh,
0: I think, uh, this summer, so you'll be seeing some more information. Check Absolutely. It out. We'll Absolutely. We'll be getting that out
2: there. Can't wait, man. We'll talk yes, soon. Yes, sir. It was an honor. Yes, Thank you. Well, Noah, there you have it. The Huntington Beach bad boy himself, Tito Ortiz, right here. And those are kind of interviews that you can only hear right here, man. And that's what we do this for. We bring it for you on the Elite Sports Podcast, and it was great to be back. We got some some, uh, big-time stuff coming up down the road here. We got Kurt Angle coming up. Yeah, we're going to kind of keep this in theme, man. Tito Ortiz to Kurt Angle. We do it all here, do we not?
1: We absolutely do. I mean, you just heard it right there from Tito Ortiz himself. He feels like the American dream is dying. He grew up with not much and he believes in his blood, sweat and tears to fight for that American dream and be where he is today. And he feels like we're losing that and we can't let it happen. So if you feel like Tito, if you feel like us, speak out and let your voice be heard.
2: Well, please give us a uh, follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher or Spotify. As always, you can hit us up on our website, which is gasnsports.com. We are the Great American Sports Network. That is the To which everything we do falls under Check us out on the Elite Sports Podcast On Facebook and Twitter GASN Sports on Twitter as well guys And be sure to give our boy Tito Ortiz a follow At Tito Ortiz Thank you guys so much for hanging with us Hope you enjoyed this We got so much more coming up guys As we are launching into the spring and summer months Right here on the Elite